to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, creative business and life. I'm your host, Sarah. Happy December. Happy Sag season. It's been a couple weeks since I put out an episode. I thank y'all for your patience. Uh, If you're inside the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven, then you know there have been a ton of changes going on behind the scenes in the structure of my business uh, since the middle of November. And um, that has just resulted in me moving more slowly and also needing to be okay with moving more slowly, which is not uh, the energy of a fire season, right? I don't know. Not, not for me. I wanted to like leap into action with Sag season and move quickly. Um, but that is not, that's not what's going on over here right now. So things have been moving a little bit more slowly as we, um, rearrange things, rebuild systems. There's a lot I've been learning during this time, and I will be sharing some of those learnings, the personal learnings and the business learnings pretty soon, I think, as soon as I have um, synthesized them. That's a hard word, synthesized them uh, enough for myself to share them with other humans. Right now, I only talk about them with my cats, and they seem really impressed with Um, my takeaways, but they also have brains the size of walnuts. So I'm going to test it out on some um, larger mammals (laughs) before I put it on the podcast. Y'all, sometimes I don't know that I need more coffee uh, or haven't gotten enough sleep until I start talking. And today is one of those days. So the conversation you're about to hear is a conversation I recorded a few weeks ago with a an amazing artist, teacher, and business consultant, Fabeku Fatunmiche. And we are getting into the topic of his work, one of the main topics of his work, which is coherence. And I think that you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. So I hope you really Um, listen deeply and maybe listen a couple of times. And he summed up coherence really nicely as all of you being pointed in the same direction. And we talk about this idea in so many different ways. I discuss it in my work as alignment. I have a program called Life Aligned Bootcamp. Um, We can discuss it as self-sabotage. We can discuss it as um, perfectionism or procrastination or avoidance, but anytime you have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, anytime that your mind, your body, and your spirit and your actions are not all lining up in the same direction, that you are saying that you want something, but the behaviors, the actions that you're taking in your life show that you want something different, that you are um, feeling conflicted inside between what you want or what you say you want or what you think you should want with what's really going on, you're not in coherence. You're not in an experience where everything inside you is lined up and pointing the same direction. And when everything inside you is pointed the same direction, the actions you take are inevitable and the results become more consistent, right? We don't always get the result we're hoping for, but we're much more likely to take aligned action and 
see results that are more consistent in the trend of moving toward what we desire when all of us is pointed in the same direction. So getting into coherence, into alignment is really important and it is ultimately the goal of pretty much all of the inner work that most of us are trying to do is to make the outside of our life look like the inside or vice versa, maybe, depending on what's going on for you. And before we drop into this conversation, I want to let you know that I'm hosting a free event next week um, for the solstice to celebrate the reopening of the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven for 2023. And it's called The Gifted Kid to Struggling Entrepreneur Pipeline, Why We're All Fucked Up and How to Fix It. And we are going to be talking about perfectionism and why we resist ease, why so many of us struggle so much to move from brilliant idea to execution and completion on our ideas and on our projects. So it is very much in line with the theme today of coherence, of helping to dismantle the uh, structures inside you that can prevent you from having all of you lined up in the same direction and pointed at your dreams, your self-expression, the um, delivery of your unique medicine to the planet. So I really hope that you come to that event. It's on December 20th, 21st, and 22nd at 9 a.m. PST. There is a link for it in the show notes. And without further ado, let's get into this conversation. I'm so excited for y'all to meet Fabeku. I hope you enjoy the episode. to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, creative business and life. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm what? I'm excited. Y'all already know. I'm so excited to be here today with Fabeku Fatoumiche, who is a lifelong artist who has been teaching and building and tending community for over 30 years. He is a published author, a business consultant for over 15 years, an initiated practitioner of the Yoruba spiritual tradition, caretaker of a cat who I've heard is famous, and someone who loves shoes and hates clowns. So <laughs> we're very excited to have Fabeku on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. I'm so excited to speak with you. I uh, was introduced to you and your work through Simone Soul, who many people know. Um, and I told you when we talked before, I heard just a few minutes of you speaking on her podcast. And I was like, I have to know this person. I have to learn from him. I have to be friends with him. I have to have him on the podcast. And then I went to your website and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's something here. You have this way of expressing yourself in writing that feels so distilled and mm. so poignant and so powerful. And there's like nothing extra, but it's exactly what it needs to be. Mm. Mm. Thank you. 
And I'm super impressed by it because I joke a lot about how I'm incapable of brevity and that my motto is like, why use 10 words when a thousand would do? <laughs> um, and I feel like your writing is the opposite, which made me want to be friends with you even more. <laughs> like, I'm like writing a Dostoevsky novel for your haiku. <laughs> well, now, but see, I used to do that. I mean, I used to write absurdly long things. And... Yeah, I don't know exactly when or how that shifted, but yeah, no, I used to be very much on the opposite end of it, for sure. Yeah. Ooh, this leads right into the heart of what we're talking about today. Do you think that coherence had anything to do with the shift? Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, I think when I when I figured out sort of what the coherent language is around what I do and who I am and why it matters it made it easier for me to get it into a hundred words as opposed to a thousand words. I think, and I don't think this is true for everybody, but I think, I think for me, the thousand word thing or the 5,000, I mean, there was literally at one point I had a sales page that was something like 8,000 words long, which was ridiculous. I mean, it was absurd. It was completely absurd. No one should ever have given me money based on that sales page. The fact that they did was a miracle, but um you know, I think a lot of that was just like, well, it could be this and it could be that. And I want to make sure you understand this. So I'm going to add six more paragraphs to try to explain this one thing that you probably already understood that actually wasn't really that important anyway. But I just want to cover it all because it's really important to me. And at some point it's like, hey, we don't have to do this. Like, You really don't have to do this. We can just get to what the thing is and get that the people that are right for that thing will get it. It's fine. The girls that get it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. funny because I think I have some of that. I also think that I never know what I'm going to say until it's coming out of my mouth. And so like, I'm just as surprised as everyone. Like sometimes I'm, like I'm talking myself there. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. my yep. own idea. Absolutely. And that's part of my, how I figure stuff out. But also as I heard you breaking down that process of like, oh, but you need to know this. And I have to tell you that. And I want to explain this. I feel there's the, um, the desire to not leave out nuance can mm, sometimes absolutely. make us extra wordy. Like I want to make sure that people know that we're not glossing over important things absolutely. and that we're not dismissing stuff and writing, especially writing for the internet. I think it's yeah. complicated because you're writing for such a huge audience yeah. that you can um, find yourself trying to give a million caveats for every thought. <laughs> well, true. And I think for me, because I mean, the one thing I've said a million times is that nuance matters, right? So I, I'm super into the nuance piece. And what I realized is that I think, and it's a little different if people don't know you, but I think when people have a relationship with you, they trust that the nuance is there and that you don't have to put it all on the sales page or in the post or in the, you know, whatever it is that they know it's there and that you'll get to it. And they trust that. And it was a matter of me being able to trust that they trusted that, right? So it's like, here's a bullet point that I could have given you eight paragraphs on, but you know, at some point when it's right, I will. This just isn't the place for it. And I think that's so important and cuts to the, the heart of it, right? The I trust you to trust mm -hmm. me yep. um, 
can't function when we are operating from like over explaining ourselves as a trauma right. response. And I think absolutely yes. us have that. Like absolutely you grew yes. up in a house where you don't you were never listened to or you just constantly have, have felt like people, you know, miss are are committed to misunderstanding absolutely. you guys. Like I think a lot of us start from this place of like I have to really over explain myself all the time to be understood. Well, and I think I, that's, that's a super critical point. And when you pair that with just the inherent difficulty of transmitting what you do into the world, the inherent difficulty of marketing, of being seen, of showing up, of taking up space. And then when that dovetails with the trauma response, and also when it just dovetails with just the, the actual skill building of like, hey, I'm new at this thing, all of that stuff can result in a whole lot of stuff that probably doesn't need to be there, but people are just really doing their best with it. You know, I mean, I, and I, I think that's it. Like, I think very early on, a lot of my over explanation was like, no, no, this isn't weird. And it's like, well, it might be weird and it's okay if it's weird because the people that are right for it will get that it's weird. And I don't have to try to make it not weird, you know, I, but there was a whole lot of that of like, no, no, really, this is okay. And it's like, well, if I know it's okay, I don't have to do this. And if I don't know it's okay, then I have to fix that instead of stuffing 5,000 more words talking about why it's okay. Yeah, who are you convincing? For sure, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. so powerful. And I think that's such a key takeaway, folks, if for, who, for folks who are listening around like, is the over-explaining coming from, I need to convince you that it's not weird. I know it happens for a lot of us in like, um, I had a conversation with a client recently where I was like, see these like four paragraphs that you wrote justifying the price? Like, let's stop talking to people who think your work is too expensive. Like, let's just stop talking to them. Um, so it could be coming from a place of like needing to convince everyone that your prices are are right, that you're, that the work is not weird, that the work is okay, that that you have the credentials to do the work. Yep. And something that I try to mantra I mantra to myself all the time uh is i don't need to explain it to you i need you to feel it mm -hmm. and that when we're resonant with it when we feel it it's so much easier to just be it and express it and let other people feel it and if they don't feel it no amount of explaining it is gonna change that and if they do feel it they don't need the explanation so it just like lifts a lot of that stuff up and out yeah. I mean, for years I've been talking about, I think there's two fundamental tracks with marketing, right? There's conversion or resonance. And I don't mean conversion as in marketing that converts, but it's like, I'm trying to convert you to who I am and what I'm selling. Like I'm essentially trying to twist your arm to give me money. And it's not that we can't do that. And it's not that that doesn't work, but it sucks. And it ends up being a lot more work and you end up filling the seats with people that are like, well, okay, I guess I'll do this thing. As opposed to people that are like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I super dig this person and I can't wait to give them money. And those are very different things. Those are different transmissions they're different structures or different approaches. There's different motivations to that. There's a whole different piece to that. And I think that so much of what's out there in terms of marketing is about how do I, how do I do the, the twist your arm thing? And it's like, well, cool, but you also don't have to do that. Yeah. Right? Like you, you get to, you get to speak to that resonance and spark that and trust that. And then when you fill those seats, it will be a radically different experience for everybody, you and the people you're working with. 
Coercion isn't hot in any context. It's zero. Like never. No never, ever, ever, ever. No. <laughs> yeah, like no one being coerced into anything is like having the best time. And no For one sure. doing coercing is having the best time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also want to say in terms of like resonant marketing, that was my experience with you because within like 15 minutes of being introduced to your voice, I had signed up for a 20 month container with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so y'all uh, go, uh, I mean, there will be links in the show notes, show notes, but go look at Fabeka's website. <laughs> if you would like to have the experience of seeing something and being like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to spend over a year doing it. <laughs> Um, because that was the experience. I was like, oh yeah, this, this feels right. I don't even need all the details. And I do think that so many of the people who are listening to this podcast right now, so many of the people that I work with, two things. One is that I work with a lot of people in the very early stages of their business. So Mm -hmm. they are still in the very beginnings of doing this whole I created something and a lot of my people, the the something they created, they made up. So there's extra insecurity around it because it like doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. So there is a, there's a lift. There's an educational lift. Anytime you're innovating, people don't really know what the thing is. So there's that leg of it. And then there's the insecurity of I'm do I'm skill building. I'm doing a new thing. And there's, the desire to prove yourself mm-hmm. and you haven't gotten proof of concept yet. All of it is so wobbly legged <laughs> at the beginning. Yep, for sure. So maybe this is a great place for you to just talk a little bit to us about coherence as a concept and how it has become uh, such a central force in your work. Yeah. So coherence, when I talk about it, the easy way I can explain it is the whole of who you are pointed in the same direction at the same time, right? So the example that I give when I'm talking to people in the context of business is, so you've got this thing, you want to put it out into the world, you're stoked about the idea, you've created it, you've given it a price, you've written a sales page. And so there's part of you that's like, cool, I want to put this out in the world. And then there's the part of you that is like, what, what if nobody likes it? What if they hate it? What if I don't make any money? What if they think I'm stupid? What if, what if it fails? And then there's all of the kind of subdivisions of that. But even with that basic level, so there's one part of you that's forward moving and that you want to put this thing out in the world and you want it to do something to make money. But then there's this part of you that is moving in the opposite direction that is afraid for it to be seen or it's afraid for it to fail, or whatever it is. So at best you're working at odds with yourself, right? And so what that means is that when you put the marketing out there, even if the page is great, even if the design is great, even if it's a thing people dig, even if the price makes sense, because you within yourself are moving in two different directions, at least two different directions, then there's a solid chance it's not going to be as effective as you want it to be. That doesn't mean it's going to fail, but it might might fail but it might just take longer to work. There might be weird glitches. There might be people that are like, "Mm, I don't really know. Because to me, there's no way to not transmit that deeper frequency that's happening, right? It's like, we would like to think, well, no, I've just, I've cleaned up all the the outer stuff. So the page looks great and the price is great and the design is sexy. So that's, if I'm a mess about it, that's fine. Except it's not fine because you're transmitting that. 
there's no way for you not to transmit that. So when you go on Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is you're marketing your stuff and you press publish on a thing, that conflicted energy is transmitting at the same time you're pressing publish and it's there and people will feel it on some kind of soul level, whether they ever identify it or not. Right. And so if that's not resolved, then at some point your marketing is not going to work. Right. It's like, so I just had a conversation with somebody who, you know, their website's great. Their offers make sense. Their prices make sense. I think they're doing something that has value and they've gotten essentially zero response from people. And so when I looked, I'm like, well, it's clearly not the outer presentation of what you're doing. Well, within a few minutes of conversation, we got down to the fact that they just fundamentally, because of their own life experiences, don't feel safe. And it's like, right, of course. So then if you're transmitting something and as a part of that, you want to be seen, but then you're terrified of being seen because this and this and this could happen. You're essentially muting the transmission. And so they just got zero response. And I said, this, the solution to this is not to rework your sales page. It's not to rebuild your website. It's to do what you need to do. And I'm not acting like this is a small task, but it's to do what you need to do to establish some kind of baseline sense of safety. Because then when you put it out in the world, you can all be forward moving in the direction of that, right? And, and that, that to me is, you know, just kind of the very simple, simple definition of coherence. I love this so much. And in, in elemental terms, what that is, is, is water work, right? Is, well, it's, pro- it's a combination of spirit work and water work. But like, we are all enculturated into this model of business that's like check your emotions at the door it's like that that doesn't happen because business comes from humans we're all you you're walking in a person and the other image I had in, in my head as you were talking about like all of the external things look good but you're transmitting something is we all know the experience of seeing someone with like a really flashy car and a super expensive suit and watch. And you're like, this is compensation. Like what I'm looking at is someone who's put a ton of effort into the outside things to try to distract from the fact that they're insecure or they're not comfortable with themselves. And I've told a story a bunch of times in, in my group about, um, the idea of being protected from ourselves frequently, Mm. like, and and to me, it's a spiritual protection, but like that there was so long, I I had a moment where I realized why I hadn't been getting the level of clients, the level of attention, the level of um, response that I, that I thought I wanted um, on a day where like I had a big launch and everything broke. (laughs) Um, And I was like, Oh, A year and a half ago, if I had had a day where 75 people were all trying to onboard into something and it was breaking and I was getting a bunch of emails of people freaking out, I would have lost my shit. I would have completely crumbled. I would have felt like everyone was mad at me. I would have blown up my day. I would have glued myself to my laptop and worked all day with no breaks and not eaten any food. And at the end of the day, I would have been like a heap on the floor of anxiousness and crying. And 
like I'm divinely protected and spirit was not going to let me do that. And it was like, pipe down. You're asking for something that you cannot, we're not going to send you 75 customers right now because you couldn't handle them. If they came, you're going to have to do some more growing first. You're going to have to resource yourself first. You're going to have to expand to be a big enough container to hold this thing you're asking for. And then you can have it, but we're not sending it to you. And I just like for the longest, I was like, why is this not working? And then once that happened, I was like, Oh, I see why. I get it. Listen, that's exactly, I I love the way you talked about it because the thing that one of the deeper pieces that I've taught for forever now is expanding capacity, right? Because, you know, if you've got a 64 ounce container of water and you try to pour that into an eight ounce cup, that's a disaster, right? And you're only going to do that once before you realize it's a disaster. So if you're saying, oh, I want to go from making 80,000 to a quarter of a million dollars, I want to go from 10 clients a month to 50 clients a month or whatever it is, that's cool. But if that container isn't large enough to handle that, either it's not going to happen to one of two things happen, either it won't happen or you won't be able to sustain it, period, right? And I totally agree that, that there is a sort of protective mechanism with that. And just going back to that example, I used a second ago, the person that doesn't feel safe, your marketing's fine. But if on a, if on a, a deeper existential level, you don't feel safe as a human being, then your soul will press the mute button on what you're doing to keep you safe. And so then you have to expand the capacity around whatever that is. Otherwise, how is it going to happen? Like just today, I had a conversation with a friend who's having amazing business success. And they said, you know, the main thing I've done is all this capacity work that you've been talking about for a decade. And I'm like, right, because that's, that's actually the thing. Like all of the other stuff, it's not that it doesn't matter, but that's the step two stuff or step three stuff. It's if, if that doesn't happen in the right sequence, I don't, I don't know how it works. I, and, I, and I don't see it work very often for people. Another big place that I see this come up, which seems like on the surface, it can seem so unglamorous, but it happens a lot because I work with a lot of artists and creatives who feel like structure and like systems and organizational things are like not fun or sexy, which as a double tourist, I'm like, you guys, it's so sexy. Systems are so hot. Earth magic is great. But um, not having the business part of your business setup. So you're great at what you do, right? You might be great in your healing sessions. You're great at facilitating. You're a great teacher. You're great with your clients, but you don't have contracts. You don't have an onboarding system. You don't have a business bank account. You don't have like nothing is organized. And then there's a part of you that's like, Oh, I want clients, but there's another part of you that's like, if anyone I respected ever like came in here and looked under the hood, they would know I didn't have my shit together. If someone I respected wanted to book with me and they saw that I don't have, you know, any, anything set up to enter them. And it's, it's like inviting people over to your house and you don't have any furniture. Yeah. And you're like, when are you going to get, are you going to, you're planning to get furniture after everyone gets here? Oh, okay. That feels a little backwards. Like you need to have a place for these people to sit. You need to have cups. <laughs> like we need to have. Sure. Right. <laughs> And your idea that like you'll creatively figure it out on the fly once you go is all well and good, except for the fact that you're so insecure about anyone finding out that you don't have it together already, that you're subtly self-sabotaging the whole thing. And I see that a lot. 
Yeah, I yeah, because I tend to work with lots of artists and creative folks too, and it's a constant thing, right? And so when we're having that conversation, they're like, no, no, I just want to paint. And it's like, no, no, that's cool. But then you actually don't want to be a professional artist, which is fine. You don't have to want to be a professional artist, but you can't say, I don't want to do any business stuff and be a professional artist. That doesn't work. That's like saying, you know, I want to, I want to be a marathon runner, but I don't want to run. Well, right. you can't, you can't do that. You, you know, you have, do you have, but those things go together. Right. And I think that, um, I, I think to me, that's one of the things that kind of separates the people who end up building and sustaining a business versus the people who like the idea of a business, right? It's like, you don't have to like it. You don't have to, you don't have to think everything is equally as, as exhilarating as, you know, your teaching or your healing or your painting, but you understand that that's just, that's the support that allows you to do that. And if that's important, then you just put that, you just put that in place. It, it's kind of that simple. I just got this image of someone like ducking out from the crowd right at the, like the, uh, the finish line of the marathon and just bursting through and cheering. Yeah. Like, I think that's what a lot of people want. For sure. Like, For sure. They're like I want the picture of me completing the marathon first without a single right. bead of sweat on my brow. Right. <laughs> I want, I want yeah. all of the like triumph over adversity with no adversity. That's yeah. what I would prefer. Yeah. Which would be awesome if that happened. However, it never happens. Yeah. Weirdly. So rude. So if someone is listening to this and realizing, oh, yeah, there's stuff that I I say I want. And I mean, I even I'm thinking about kind of that idea of all of you going in the same direction at the same time. I get this feeling of like trying to drive your car while you have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake that you're you're stalling yourself out or being inefficient. You're working way harder than you need to work because part of you is at war mm. with the other parts. Not everything is in the same line. Yeah. Where do they start in trying to get things lined up? Yeah. So I think, you know, to me, I think you have to, it sort of goes back to that capacity part. You know, if, if this is the thing you're trying to build, do you have the 64 ounce container for the water you want to pour into it? And it's fine if you don't, because most people don't, but then you have to figure out, you know, what do I need to get that container? So usually for me, I mean, there's all kinds of pieces that, that uh, I, I kind of move people through with that, but at a basic level, you know, what do you need to start doing to build the container? What do you need to stop doing? to build the container? What do you need to be available for? What do you need to stop being available for? You know, what are the pieces within yourself that are at odds with it? And what's the resolution to that? You know, is it, do you just need to be honest about this piece or that piece? Are you trying to do something in a way that you don't love doing? And if so, how can you do it a different way? You know, are there, you know, are there pieces around, you know, trauma and visibility and things that need to be tended? And if so, then you probably don't need to sign up for another marketing thing. Maybe you need to, to talk to a therapist, which is totally cool, you know, but at some point I think you just have to look at, you know, if I'm trying to build this container, what's in my way and what do I need to do and not do to, to build the container and to expand it and, and to, to be able to sustain it. It's funny when you're talking about that, the idea of like pouring a 64 ounce container into an eight ounce glass glass, and you said you only do that once. Another type of kind of misalignment that I see is 
people who don't just do it once, they do yeah, it over sure. and over and they keep flooding yeah. things and being like, I don't yeah. know where this blood is coming from. For sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, you know where I see that the most is people who, so part of coherence is sort of doing what's real and true and right for you, right? In the way that, that is actually real and right for you, who you are as a human being. And so where I see that repeatedly flooding things is, well, I'm going to use their business model and that business model and their blueprint and that business advice and that person, what they said, and that person, what they said, and none of it fits. They know it doesn't fit. The problem is they don't know how to figure out what does fit. So I understand why people do this, but then they, it's, it's kind of like running around in shoes that are the wrong size. And then you're wondering why your feet hurt and why you can't get very far. And it's like, right, this doesn't work. We have to figure out not just what generic business advice is, but what what is true and coherent for you and who you are as a human being on a soul level. And then we build from that. And then when we do, there's probably nothing we can't build. It may not be fast necessarily, but there's nothing that we can't build. But I think that flooding happens of like, well, you know, I'm just going to bounce from thing to thing to thing because I'm not sure what metrics to use to find the thing that's mine. And then they just keep saying, well, nothing works. And then the, the bad part about that is when they translate is that, well, I suck and I'm not doing anything that people care about. And, you know, I should just stop this and no one cares. It's like, this isn't the problem. You are literally trying to build something that is misaligned with who you are. And when we stop doing that, the experience that you have and the experience people have of what you're doing changes entirely and absolutely. That's so true and so powerful. And I think when I see artists in that, um, that cycle, that loop, um, mm. which I also feel is like connected to guru hopping and it's yeah. um, in this yeah. idea of like, I don't really believe that it's possible to be successful or maybe I've never even considered that it's possible to be successful doing things in a way that honors my body in a way that's right for me in a way that honors who I am. I really, and I don't believe I know, I don't believe that I have any wisdom inside me that's worth acting on. So I'm outsourcing that. I'm trying to go with like what other people say has been successful for them. And I'm copying that. I'm mimicking that I'm going after that and it doesn't fit. And then it doesn't work. And then I misinterpret that data into the, the story that I have on deck. That is that I suck. Um, and that that is also a super convenient place to hang out yeah. um, when you're not ready to 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 do the work of addressing and resourcing what's really going on. When you're really not ready to be like, OK, what's actually happening is I think that I hate business mm. <laughs> and I don't want to really get down to like learning this stuff and figuring out how it applies to me because I already think that I hate it or I'm, I'm really traumatized about money and I'm like really scared to have it or relate to it differently. Right. Like we're, we're like, um, staying in this loop of outsourcing and then misinterpreting keeps me from having to like really dig down into my own stuff and figure out what's going on. It also allows me to never have to take full responsibility for the outcome when it doesn't work because if i build something that's mine and i take full ownership of every single piece of it and it doesn't work out then it's just me but if mm. i you know buy someone's marketing blueprint and i use it and i don't make sales then i can just say oh, i followed bad advice 
This mm. person didn't know what they were talking about. And so there's a there's a safe kind of surface level place that you can spend really years if you want to hanging out there and not making much progress. No, and, and it's it, I mean it it's easier, right? It's like when when people come to me for work, it's like there there's fundamental pieces that we have to get in focus in order to even establish what coherence is for that person. And that takes a minute. And then to figure out how to apply that and how to how to build from that, that can take some time. And I always tell people, what I do absolutely works. There's no question that it works. And I don't ever promise that it's a fast thing because one, that's not honest. And two, it's going to take some work, right? Because I'm not handing you this paint by number thing that I'm giving to everybody that says, go out and do this. We have to figure out what the shapes are, what the pieces are, what the texture is and the color and the, and the frequency. And that takes a second. And then we have to figure out how those pieces are assembled together in a way that actually works. And by that, I mean that first is coherent for you, but just on a practical level is skillfully put together so that it does what you want it to do in the world. And Again, that takes a second and it's way more work. It's way more work than, you know, here's, here's my six step blueprint to six figures in six minutes, which of course is nonsense and never works and isn't real. But I think that's why people fall into that. Cause it's like, well, that's easier than me having to sit down and do all this work, particularly around digging into the stuff that I don't even really know about or understand in the first place. But at some point when that doesn't work, then you're left with the option of, well, I'm either going to do that work or I'm just going to walk away from this. Yeah. I had a client, uh, like a discovery call recently for one-on-one work. And the person asked me at the end, they were like, I think I want to do this. And I think it feels really good, but I just like, I want you to be able to like, tell me like what the things are that we're going to do. And I was like, I can't. Because I I don't know. Like, I don't, I can't tell you what your business process is going to look like when we get it set up because I've never met it before and neither have you. And like, if you're asking me, like, will you end up with systems? Absolutely. Can I tell you what those systems are right now? No, I cannot because they're they're not going to come from me. And the thing that it makes me think of is like, you know, like, does, does, um, you know, email marketing software work? Yes. Can you tell me which one is best for my business? No, unfortunately, you're going to have to go try a bunch of them. And there's going to be some that you like and some that you don't like. And like, you may have to go through a few and get everything all set up in one and send a handful of emails from it and then decide that you hate it and then go through the trouble of porting all of your emails and all of your contacts over to another thing. And like, it's going to be a pain. And there's no way to avoid it. Like, And business is full of things like that where like (laughs) my thing that I like to uh, joke about is that like you can't skip the fuck around because you're afraid of what you're going to find out so many of us are afraid of finding out that something doesn't work yeah Um, and I I'm doing an event in December called the uh, former gifted kid to struggling entrepreneur pipeline because I find that I work with a lot of those people and like a lot of former gifted kids we all have some of the same struggles, which is like when you got praised for things that came naturally to you for too long, then the second you encounter things that don't come naturally to you, you hate them and you have no capacity for um, 
for being bad at things. Like, I failed my driver's test five times because the dude had a clipboard. And, like, what are you writing? And then suddenly I'm making mistakes that I've never made before just because I feel like I'm being evaluated and I'm really stressed out. Like, the idea of not being good at things in public and having to like make a mark on paper with pen and be wrong is like crippling for so many of us. It's just like, like failure tolerance is so the, that's a capacity edge for so many of us. It's just failure tolerance and like knowing that part of everything, but especially part of business is like, you're just going to have to get in there and try stuff and have it not work and, or, or just decide you don't like it and change it. And the the experimentation and iteration process is unavoidable and we a lot of us like that in our art but don't like it in business absolutely no you're right and i think you know so to me the the experimentation like that's the key and that's the thing that i keep saying to people like you know you can't treat this like a test you have to treat it like an experiment right you have to go in with that same weird open curiosity that a scientist has. It's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to try it. And either way, I'm going to get data. Either it's going to do the thing I want it to do, or if it doesn't, I'm going to have more data to figure out why. And then we can go do another experiment, you know? And that's kind of the only way to do it. And I get that that sucks, but if, if you can't find the capacity for that, if you can't find the resilience for that, you're going to have a really hard time building anything. I think what you just said is like major key podcast over all podcasts over. No one needs to explain anything ever again is stop thinking of it as a test. Think of it as an experiment because I think that that really is what's happening for so many of us is that we're thinking that everything's a test that we're being watched, that we're being evaluated. People are going to find us wanting. I ask my clients all the time when they're like, well, I'm really just worried that X, Y, Z. Right. I'm really just worried that I'm going to launch this thing and no one's going to sign up. And I'm like, well, okay. Like, so what would that mean? Are you making it mean in in all caps, like in capital letters, something very bad, right? Something very bad. If I put this thing out and people don't like it, does that mean something very bad? Does that mean I'm a failure? Does that mean my business shouldn't exist? Like what's the meaning I'm Mm -hmm. attaching to whatever this thing is that I'm is now it's a pass or it's not just a test. It is a pass or fail. And you right. get one shot and it's an SAT. No, no, absolutely that. Right. So, you know, another former gifted kid here talking, uh, you know, the thing that I heard constantly in my house growing up, if I came home with an A minus, my mom would say an A minus is not an A plus. It wasn't, Oh, awesome. It's an A minus. It's, it is not. So not only was it not good enough, it's not perfect which means it's not good enough, which means then it's a failure. So it's not only, well, what if it doesn't work, but it's what if I don't get it absolutely perfect the first time out, then that means somehow as a human being, I am deficient. So then where does that give anybody the capacity to experiment? Because there's no grace for that. There's no room for that. There's no opportunity for that. It's either you do it and you nail it, or you've just failed existentially. Yeah. And if I, if I fail, I'm deficient. And if I'm deficient, I'm unlovable. I'm unlovable. Absolutely. I Absolutely. I here. I shouldn't Absolutely. be being Every bit of it. I shouldn't be, be taking up space. Why am I even here? And it's so, and it's so quick and so insidious. And then people are like, I have this great idea and I'm not acting on it. And it's For sure. immediate. 
For sure. Um, cool. Leaf blowers just started. That's <laughs> happening now. So on the podcast, you just welcome the leaf blowers. Love your work. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. No, but you're right. It's that's the thing. It it there is this thing that feels fundamentally threatening to not getting it right, right out of the gate. And it's like, well, I mean, unless you are at a point in your life where if this thing doesn't work, you can't pay bills, which sucks and is a thing that can be managed. I get that. But if there is not an actual threat, then we have to step it back and realize, well, if you have to go rework your sales page, that's okay. And it doesn't mean that you're not worthy of love. And it doesn't mean you can't build a business. And it doesn't mean this isn't going to work. You just maybe need to go rework your sales page or rethink the offer or rethink the structure, or rethink the price or, you know, whatever it is. And that's totally fine. You know, there, in other words, there is no actual threat most of the time for people. Yeah. And I think that piece about, I won't be loved is that so many of us really walk around carrying the belief that all of our value is in our doing yeah. and our being and not only is all of our value in our doing but it's only in our doing perfectly and if we're doing mm-hmm. anything less than perfectly Absolutely. our doing is worthless yes. and that's fucking exhausting well and I think it is exhausting and it also prevents people from asking for help right to me my favorite clients are the people who are willing to show up and say, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to fix this. I'm not sure what's wrong. And to me, that's a different thing from people who want to pretend that, oh, I've got it all down. I'm nailing it. I know exactly what's... It's like, listen, just show up and be a real human being. Like, It's totally fine to say, I don't know why this thing is happening. I don't know why... I'm not sure what I'm missing. I don't know how I've gotten this wrong. I don't know what else to do. That's real and that's honest. And we can figure that out. We can absolutely figure that out. But if people feel the need, because again, they have to do it perfectly. If they feel like they can't show up and be honest and be real and be vulnerable and say, you know, I don't know what's happening. I don't know where I've gotten this wrong. Then there's no room to help. Right. And I think the people that have this message of you have to do it right and you have to do it perfectly and all this other shit they don't feel the grace to be able to show up and say, I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know what's happening with this thing. And so then, so then either they don't show up or they show up and then it just takes forever to get down to what's actually going on because they feel like they have to sort of pretend they've got it all together. Like it, I tell my clients, you can show up and be a mess. It's fine. Like it, that's why I'm here. Like it's totally fine to show up and just say, I don't know what's happening. Help me. Oh, and it's so hard for people. And and back on the list of, you know, trauma responses, we're not always aware of trauma responses, hyper-individualism, guys, like feeling like you have to do it all yourself, that you're a burden, that you will only be accepted. And, and they're, they're so connected, right? If you're struggling with feeling like if you have to do everything perfect the first time or you're going to be a failure, you probably also feel like, and if I'm struggling, I have to just be alone, right? All of our friends who ghost for months because they're going through personal struggles or you know, it's really interesting. I have a a membership community and on everyone's orientation call, I talk about how 
we are a group of helpers who don't ask for help, like always. And that part of the work we're doing in the community is learning how to show up when we need help and to ask for it and to practice that in the safe space of the community. And it's still something I have to invite everyone into and remind everyone about all the time. And I can always tell when it's getting quiet because people are struggling. And they're like, oh, I'm not doing... And it's never... It's never anything that I've assigned. It's never anything I've asked for. It's always a self-assignment. I told myself I should be this far along in my launch, and I'm not, and so I'm struggling, and so I'm just ghosting everything and spinning out instead of talking, and now I'm two months behind on my plans where I could have only been a week behind if I had just shown up and said, hey, I'm struggling with this one piece. Um, You know, one of the most powerful things somebody said to me when I was first starting to build this version of my business a million years ago, I, cause I, I, and I'm much better now, but I was terrible at asking for help. I still struggle with it, but I'm better than I was. But he said to me, man, how long are you just going to continue just to try to do all this by yourself? He's like, I am in your corner and I'm available to help you. You just will not let me help you. And I'm like, wow. Uh, that was totally right on. Yeah, It was totally right on because I didn't feel like it was okay to show up and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to do this thing because I felt like I could only show up when I could say, here's my plan. Here's my idea. Here's how I'm going to execute it. These are the systems. This is the tech. This is the launch calendar. What do you think? And if I couldn't sort every one of those pieces out, I had no business showing up and asking somebody for help. You know, and he was like, I just see you swinging and swinging and swinging on your own. And I am literally standing here available to help you. And you just won't ask. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's extra funny when we're in situations where you're like, you're literally paying me to help you. Right, exactly. <laughs> you are sure. pay- this is sure. what you are paying me to help right. you. It's my actual job. You're yeah. not a burden. It's not a right. favor. This is, right. this is my actual job. This is how I make money. Correct. Yeah. It's, if yeah. you don't ask me for help, I'm just sitting here taking your money and I don't feel great about that. I want you to ask me for help. And yeah. I've become that person where like, if I'm making an investment in something, I am so annoying. Like I, with my mentor, like she, she is getting voice notes from me. She's getting chats. She's getting memes. Like I am, I'm like, look, I pay a lot of money to be able to bother you because otherwise I do this business thing by myself all day. And it's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So powerful. Well, before we start to wrap, I would love it if you would tell everyone about the program that you have coming up the coherence program and a little bit about how it came to you. Why is it 20 months? Right. How, what that's, I mean, I feel like that's so often in the course world, back to that idea of like the six simple steps, people are like, Oh, I can't make something too long. No one will join. And so I feel like it's so bold to make something that long and just be like, this is how long the work takes. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So my, my basic thing with anything is, you know, do what serves the work period. And by that, I mean, do what's going to give people the best opportunity to get the most out of it. If it needs to be two weeks, it's two weeks. If it needs to be two years, it's two years. That's how it works. And uh, because if I create a structure that that isn't coherent with the work and doesn't give you the best opportunity to get the most out of it, then I've, what am I doing? You know, it just, it doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, this, yeah, the the training, it's called uh, coherent with the spirit of destiny. And it is, it's rooted in 
a, a practice that's been a part of the spiritual tradition that I practice for a very long time. Uh, it's connected to a spirit called Ori that has a lot to do with, with destiny and uh, coherence. And, you know, I've said before, basically everything that I know uh, about coherence is a thing that, uh, that I've learned through Ori and through my work with Ori and my understanding of Ori and, you know, what it is and, and who it is and how it matters and why it matters. And, um, so, I mean, the, the short version of it is this is, this is a way of getting clearer on kind of this biggest, deepest part of, of who we are and how we move through the world and what's coherent and what's not and how we move sort of with our destiny as opposed to against it. And, you know, it's a thing that's connected to everything because that's kind of what Ori is and that's what destiny is. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, and that takes time. That's why, it, that's why it's 20 months instead of two weeks or two months or whatever it is. So... I love that. And what is in those 20 months, how often are people, are they meeting with you? Is it a lot of work on their own? What is kind of the structure of that? Yeah. So we're going to have, uh, there's going to be one, uh, one teaching transmission a month, and then we're going to have a live Q and a, uh, after that. And then we're going to have, you know, some other optional things, you know, if people need, you know, help doing stuff and working on stuff. That's a thing. Um, you know, for me, part of it, I, I just, I designed this thing with a ton of space because, um, you know, listen, life is a lot. I mean, just life is a lot for everybody right now. And the idea of having something, uh, knowing that it needed to be 20 months, cool, but then, you know, that there needs to be space to make that doable for people. So it's not going to be, you know, something that you have to rearrange the whole, the whole entirety of your life to manage for two years. Cause that's nonsense. So, Amazing. And when does it start? Uh, it starts in January. The uh, registration wraps, uh, I want to say November 20th. I might be making that date up, but sometime soon. And uh, yeah, it starts in January. I love that. So we'll put the links for that in the show notes and I'm going to be there. So if you want to join me <laughs> being a student in this program and participating in this program, I'd love to see y'all there as well. Um, thank you so, so much for being here with us today and for sharing and for this super fun conversation. Any last things you want to promote? I always like to like ask people where they would like to be found on the internet. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, um, I'm mostly on Facebook. Theoretically I'm on Instagram. I don't really do a ton there, but, um, yeah, Facebook is probably the easiest place to connect with me or, you know, through my website. Those are the two. two okay. best part. Yeah. We'll put those links in. Cool. What if people want to follow your cat? You know, somehow over all these years, despite how famous this cat is, he has never had his own social media account, which prob probably means I, I have failed on some level at that point, but yeah, so that's the thing. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could be a, a cat fluencer. You could be at the very <laughs> least getting like free pet co sponsorship, free pet food for life, right? which is like good because these animals are so expensive and they oh, never yeah. pay bills. They never at any point ever, for sure. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. And thank you everybody for listening. All the links will be in the show notes. And bye everybody. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at Intuitive Edge Coaching or join my Facebook group, Unstuck Group, to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.